Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Breakout Con 2019. Episode 205, LARP 101, presented by Anne Ratchet, Nicole Winchester, Moira Turkington, and Jonea Kemper. Stop talking about beer. Time Let's to talk, talk about, about LARP. The cold, cruel realities of love. Um, good morning, I'm feeling everyone. that today a little bit, actually. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to LARPing 101. It's good to see you. Um, thank you for getting up early and battling the dreaded 11 a.m. slot of a con, which, as we all know, equals the line in Starbucks is very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Jonea Kemper. Uh, I am a games academic that specializes in LARP. Um, I really enjoy LARPing. I believe that it can really give us insight uh, into who we are as people um, because LARPing is an interesting, interesting thing that you have all already done. If you are a small child, you LARPed. Um, and I spent a lot of time in grad school trying to prove that, and I think I was successful. Um, and now, I want to introduce our fantastic panel. Um, and by introduce, I will tell you that I am not going to introduce them. I believe everyone should say things in their own words and speak of their own accomplishments uh, so that I do not put words in their mouths. Um, but if you can give us your name and pronouns, and also, also, your favorite love. No. Um, <laughs> and and or the most recent LARP that you enjoyed. I would appreciate that. So let's take. I'll 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 tell you mine, so that you have time to think about it. There, there we go. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite 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 LARPs in all of the universe is actually a LARP that is played uh, at many cons. Uh, and it is by Cleo Yunsu Davis, and she wrote, uh, oh, now it's, it's, it is my favorite LARP, but now I can't remember the name of it, and I've run it. This is the bad thing. Like Road. when you, I'm sorry? Road? No. Um, mm, but not tonight. It's not, it's not but not tonight. It is a LARP about 80s high schoolers who are faced with the apocalypse in a bunker, but it's really about the interconnecting rate of relationships that you have to yourself and adolescence. And you cry a little, you also laugh a little, and you listen to Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> and Cleo was supposed to be on this panel, but she couldn't yeah, come, but which she's is Ill. unfortunate. Yeah, so. so. I hope you feel better, Cleo. We'll go left to right. Okay, that's not intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, my name is Ann Ratchet, and I am an experimental designer. Um, my pronouns are she, her, I also use Zizer. And as for favorite LARP, um, that is a really ridiculously hard question. Um, so I'm not going to even try because I think each LARP has its own merits in of itself. Um, kind of a little bit of back padding because I've been LARPing at this con. The most recent LARP I enjoyed was what I played last night with Mo running, um, which was Lumberjills, where you play the uh, female lumber workforce in uh, England during World War II, who were the backbone for how they actually had supplies. And at the same time, it's about uh, the empowerment of these women and them actively making life choices for themselves in a society that at the time didn't have that. So yeah, I cried a lot. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I also played Lumberjills and it is pretty cool. Uh, in the woods. In the woods. Which is awesome. Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, I'm Nicole Winchester. Um, I have been LARPing. I, I actually met all these people through LARPing, uh, including Mo, Mo mostly through theater actually, um, because we, uh, we were in a Vampire the Masquerade improv soap that was based on the box set in the 90s. So uh, we played a vampire LARP that people paid us to watch. Uh, live on stage. Live on stage, uh, basically, but I think they were there for the illegal cheap beer as much as watching. <laughs> and the heckling. They like to heckle us. And and we ended the show with saying there was no such thing as vampires, and by then they were pretty drunk, so they liked to yell it at us as well. So um, that that's, that's where I started, basically, LARPing, was through this weird improv soap in the 90s when I was, like, 18 years old in high school staying up till like 3 a.m. on Sunday nights with a bunch of degenerate college students um, and uh, as you do yeah as you do and uh, so I've been doing that pretty much since uh, I have uh, uh, we're calling it a collective in town called Fair Escape Studios where we're running some uh, different kind of LARPs in terms of uh, being kind of consent based and collaborative our next event is March 23rd, and uh, we're just trying to ramp up to doing stuff, and we're planning on doing workshops and stuff as well for youth. Um, so that's what I do here. Um, I play LARPs in a lot of different places. Um, and I don't have a favorite LARP, like it is really hard to say, but the one I've m most enjoyed uh, recently, I think, is I went to Sweden to play uh, a reality show LARP called Miss Fair and Mrs. Unscripted. Uh, it was basically couples who were uh, competing to win a house and a reality show. Um, people played as couples and a bunch of us played as the crew and I was a producer um, and I worked in reality TV before for the CBC. So um, being a producer was fascinating. Um, I was actually really good at it and kind of evil. Um, so that was a lot of fun and, and it was a really well designed LARP and we actually shot everything. So at some point there will be like a pilot episode of Mr. and Mrs. Unscripted. Hi, <clears throat> my name is Moira or Mo Turkington. I am local to Toronto. I use she, her pronouns. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I'm probably best known at this point for being uh, the leader of the Warbirds Collective, uh, which is a, a, a collective of international designers, uh, currently all uh, female identified, who uh, write games about the impact of women in World War II. Um, and uh, I'd be totally remiss, I have to say such things, that I currently have an active Kickstarter. Uh, I've been training myself to try and do this. Uh, to, uh, an active Kickstarter for Rosenstrasse, which is the latest of them. It ends this weekend. And it's a serious game uh, about women in World War II that I can talk about after the panel if we want. Um, <clears throat> I've been... LARPing for far too long, as Nicole said. Uh, we, won't, we won't talk about numbers. No, we won't talk about numbers. Yeah. There's no too much LARPing. I enjoy a, a good number of kinds of games. Uh, my hands-down favorite uh, LARP that I have ever played is called Just a Little Loving, and it is a three-day-long, uh, uh, very uh, serious and beautiful and also joyful uh, game I set in the 1980s in the gay community in New York. Uh, in the rise of the AIDS epidemic and how it affects that community. So it's, uh, it's community bonded and it's transformative and it's also um, uh, sad and beautiful all at the same time. And it's changed more lives of more people than any other game I've ever seen. Uh, so that's my favorite. That's literally actually the LARP that if anyone's played it, they tell me it is the LARP you have to play. It is the most transformative experience of a LARP they've yeah. ever had. Um, I've played for the most it part. twice. Me too. Uh, and I'm rewriting characters for another run of it this summer. Uh, um, there is another run happening in the UK, which I think is yeah. currently full, but there's always a wait list if people are interested in. Yes. Yeah, I'm really upset. I can't go. <laughs> and there um, might someday be in New York. But it yeah. might someday be in New York. Someone may run that. Someone. Maybe not at this panel. <laughs> And actually, if if you are interested in another panel tomorrow, we may actually talk about it yeah, in yeah. Um, what's off limits for games panel. So because it's sometimes it is quite controversial when people hear about it in different uh, cultures because it's from a culture where people game about pretty serious topics yeah. and uh, not all, everybody knows that. So so let's get down to business. I'm going to quickly uh, tell you how we're going to structure uh, the panel. Um, I believe in horizontalism, which means all of our voices are important, not just our voices, but yours as well. Um, so I like to leave a longer time for questions so that you can just pepper us and we can have a conversation like we're friends and we're all learning from each other and together. Um, and the same thing goes for our panelists, who I respect deeply and would love to hear their voices and topics. We're going to talk some real basic stuff. Um, and then we'll get into whatever you'd like to, whatever you got brewing in your brains there. Um, so here is, I think, the most dreaded question. I always consider it the most dreaded question. What What is LARP, friends? <laughs> friends, what LARP be? What LARP <laughs> uh, I, I, I personally don't hate this question um, <laughs> because I have spent way too much time talking about it with my friends including people on this panel. <laughs> but uh, personally, I take the very strong opinion that um, LARP is a mutually constructed story um, by equal parties of all members involved. And by equal, I don't mean everybody has to contribute equally, but everybody's voice is equal in the impact they have in the story. 
and is determined by player self-determination, which is significant when you're viewing other things like immersive theater and the like, mm -hmm. which are really important mediums as well, but I say that they are not LARP simply because at the end of the day, the players don't have self-determination what happens. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's important. I haven't really thought of that, actually, the difference between immersive theater and LARP. So that's like, I think that's probably important is, is what is players having the difference of having actual some, something that they can do, some sort of effect on the story. Um, because I guess with immersive theater, the story would just happen regardless of whether they were there or not. Um, I think LARP, yeah, it is, if you, if you are embodying your character in some way, if you're getting up and doing something, that's basically LARPing, if you are, if you choose to do that. And I know, um, sometimes people do that with tabletop games, mm -hmm. um, they will just get up and do a scene. That, that's a hybrid of LARPing, and I think you do that a bit at festival as well, with some of the scenarios. It depends on the scenario, yeah. So you go ahead. I'm just kind of. Oh, you're segueing me. Yeah, okay. I'm segueing you. I, 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 I'm just sort of like lost in this like interesting thing with Anne. So yeah, please go ahead. Uh, so I have no, I have no hard or fast boundaries for what LARP is or isn't. I, I do think Janae is absolutely right that you know when when we played uh, Murder on the Loose in the schoolyard when we were. Uh, seven uh, that that was LARP. Battle I believe that uh, <laughs> that all of the improv theater that I did uh, in university, where we embodied characters and didn't have uh, a preset script, uh, was LARP. Um, I I think a lot of my tabletop is LARP because uh, you're never going to give me a character that doesn't get embodied somehow. It's just mm -hmm. the kind of way I play. Mm -hmm. uh, but generally. Uh, it's an embodied experience with narrative, where you use your body as uh, in as much as you use your mind and narrative authority to create an experience in game. Um, and I particularly like it as a medium because I find it because I find bodied embodied experiences more immersive than mm -hmm. tabletop experiences, mm -hmm. and uh, that suits my style of play really mm -hmm. well. Yeah, I am. Um, I often come up against this thing where folks have watched, uh, I have a lot of friends who are YouTube LARPers, they're great, they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, however, sometimes folks who want to get into LARP think that in order to LARP, you must have a bajillion dollars and then get on an airplane and fly to a castle. First of all, you definitely do not have to do this right now that I can hand you a PDF that you can go play in your living room. Um, and or I, out in the hall. Yeah, or, or out in the hall. <laughs> so like you could be, you could be right at this con and play a lark. Um, but this idea of we, I, I feel we base what LARP is based on what we have been told what LARP is, and so sometimes we get really stuck in a rut of saying, oh, this thing at a table with low costuming is not LARP, but this very big thing is LARP, or this very big thing isn't LARP, and my crying in the closet LARP is the ultimate LARP, right? Um, but there are just many different ways to well, LARP. Well, 100, like, uh, Bananas LARPs, Banana Chan mm -hmm. does a lot of one-person LARPs, mm -hmm. and a lot of people would assume that you, in order to LARP, you have to be with a bunch of people, or you have to be out in the woods with a boffer sword and hitting people or something like that, because around here, a lot of people consider LARP to be 
going out in the woods and camping and hitting people with a sword. Um, but a lot of some of the games that Banana does uh, are one person where you're recording YouTube videos about a conspiracy or something like that. And, and so you can even do those yourself. And that's such a low barrier to entry where you're already learning or doing something where you're embodying a character and, and playing that. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I like that YouTubers are bringing LARP to more people. But yeah, I worry that people are always like, I see so many comments that are like, I really want to I go to- I wish I could do I LARP. wish I could do LARP. And I'm yeah, like, you, you can, can LARP. There's week. a LARP in yeah. your hometown. Also, there's a, a huge variety of LARPs that exist uh, around the world and, uh, and in North America too. And I find that part, uh, the other side of uh, this is the right way to LARP is also my LARP encompasses all kinds of LARPing mm-hmm. and that there's no differentiation between mm-hmm. those two. And in North America particularly, we struggle to differentiate one LARP community or style of play or community of play is probably the best way of putting it from another. So I, I think it would be kind of cool if we like throughout some of the styles that we see and uh, acknowledge that we are not experts in all of these styles. Oh, no. No. So like the core kinds of games I design, let's all start there because it's my easiest point, are usually small, intimate, uh, highly structured games where you play an embodied character and you're playing with a, it, what I would call a bespoke freeform game, which is a uh, it, which is a game whose rules and setup are customized to this one experience. It plays in two to four hours. It generally does not require costumes, though if you wanted to have a big costume night, you could do that, but there's nothing in the game that requires you to. Doesn't require a lot of props, sometimes has some music or something like that. And the game from beginning to end would have usually a facilitator running for a group of people. And that game would give that facilitator everything they needed to do to provide this customized experience for a four hour LARP. So that's a freeform LARP. It comes out of a number of traditions. Uh, one of them would be called uh, uh, what Nicole mentioned earlier, the freeform tabletop tradition, which is similar, not as embodied. Uh, is a Danish tradition mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, a festival called Festival, which happens every year and is phenomenal. If you ever get a chance to travel to play funky, weird Danish games, I highly recommend it. Also, Jeep Form, which is a, uh, a Swedish movement around that comes out of theater, essentially. Um, and also just uh, uh, there's local uh, North American freeform mm-hmm. Uh, designers mm-hmm. that are creating new movements. So that's kind of my core of play. Uh, and those games, for me, are often serious games around serious subjects or historical topics, but also can be fun and frivolous games where you, you know, uh, where you pretend you're rocks for four hours, for two hours. Uh, or or you're really fairy tale creatures. <laughs> or you're fairy tale creatures. Or you're having a, a uh, you're having a birthday party mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you want to talk about a different kind of art? Uh, yeah, uh, my background is mostly in um, what people often call uh, secrets and powers type LARPs mm-hmm. because uh, my background is mostly World of Darkness. So it's uh, Vampire the Masquerade and stuff and a lot uh, the, that tradition in uh, North America is primarily through large organizations. 
So uh, they will be, uh, you, you might have heard of uh, the Canarilla, Canada at Midnight, um, uh, Mind's Eye Society. So those are huge, massive organizations where people can uh, basically replicate uh, through various means uh, a whole, the, the Camarilla of North America or the Sabbat of North America or something like that. Um, but to, in order to make sure it's on a level playing field, there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy and things like that. So it kind of makes things difficult in that sense, but a lot of people enjoy kind of interacting with people from different cities and different places. Um, and it's called Secrets and Powers usually because there's not a high level of transparency in those LARPs. In a lot of LARPs that Mo was talking about and some of the things that I design now, um, people are encouraged to, like, you can know everything about everybody's character. You can read each other's character sheets. Um, you're encouraged to tell other people, like, hey, I murdered your uh, brother. Metagaming is not a dirty word. No, metagaming yeah. is not bad. In in the Secrets and Powers tradition in North America, it's a bad thing. Metagaming is bad. You don't tell people about stuff. You you sneak around behind each other's backs. That's you, part of the fun. You lie to each other in, out of character. Um, in most tradition and, and some of the other stuff I do, it's more likely to say, hey, I killed your brother in game. Um, let's find a cool way for that secret to come out mm -hmm. and so we can have a huge confrontation. And that I've uh, really, that since I found that style, I've really changed the way I design mm -hmm. for people because I find it's more interesting to kind of find a way to bring out those things during a game and find ways to make connections with people so you can get to the cool stuff without having to find ways to, you know, because there's nothing more frustrating than designing a character or having a character and you have a really cool thing mm -hmm. and you really want it to come out mm -hmm. and no one ever finds it. Mm -hmm. Can I make one thing explicit about the kind of gaming you were talking about sure, that you yeah. didn't? Is the games, those games are, I have a character that I play from week to week or month to month. I oh, might yeah. play them for years. Yes. So it's like a big continuous play thing. Yeah. Yeah, the continuous play is another thing. So people get very attached as well. Yeah. Um, so now um, a lot of the things I run, and I ran those uh, in the late 90s for a period of time as well. Um, what I do now more is um, smaller games. We may be looking at larger events in the future, but uh, smaller games are about 40 people, 20 to 40 people um, that are primarily, um, as I said, consent-based and collaborative a high level of transparency. Uh, the mechanics come out of some of the Freeforms traditions and some of the Nordic traditions. They come out of consent that uh, mechanics that have been worked on by various people in North America as well. And uh, it's just a way for people to easily check in with each other out of character. There's something that was developed by somebody here in North America, which is a really great sign. It's called mm -hmm. the OK check-in, where you're just like, oh my God, you're crying in character. Yes, I'm great. So you can do that, um, and mostly um, games that are um, that look into different um, themes around the city and the country, and uh, how we relate to each other in Canada and in Toronto. Okay. Um, so as briefly mentioned, I'm an experimental designer, um, which. Uh, in other words, is also I design weird things, <laughs> similarly to the I play a rock for two hours. Um, a lot of what experimental design is focusing on um, 
It's partially called pretentious design and I think there is an appropriate place for that label. But we're also very curious about what a game can do, what a mechanic can do, and what are the limits of those mechanics. And so a lot of the design centers around just what can be a game, what can we do with it. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason why the majority of my games are half written and will never be completed. Mm -hmm. This doesn't undermine my experience or my label as a game designer. In fact, I think it strongly supports it. You play a lot of Combuffer too, don't you? I'll get into that. But I'm talking about my own personal design at oh, this yeah. point. But you but, play uh, that, and you play um, some Intercon stuff, too? Or no? uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a massive con gamer in general, and I do a lot of different con design, um, which is similar to my experimental experience, because with a con, you are meeting people for the first time. Mm, you have yeah. different experiences that everyone is coming to with, and you're trying to do your best in order to bring together these people who are typically not like-minded and create a like-minded experience, mm -hmm. which is why yes. I am fascinated yeah. with specifically con design and designing games for the con scenario. So like one of my personal pet projects recently, like within the last month, has mm -hmm. been uh, Con Boffer. So we've talked a little bit about Boffer before. It's the most broad category of uh, gaming and LARPing that most people think of because you take swords, you go out into some location and you hit people with them and you do your best to minimize people getting hurt. It's not like you're wailing on other people. It's The combat is there to facilitate a story and also to be sort of fun. Um, mm -hmm. I personally do not design buffer. I design similar mechanics that provide like experiences because I think as someone who really enjoys playing boffer games, there's something very visceral and childlike of, I am running around doing this thing. Yeah, uh, it is really fun. Yeah, um, and it just provides, at least to me, a very childlike sense of wonder mm -hmm. in whatever game I'm experiencing, um, which is not necessarily a thing you get out of, uh, say, Jeep form where you are crying for long periods of time <laughs> well, I mean, in game. Yeah, sometimes you're also laughing. Uh, but there is, <laughs> but you, you very rarely are you wielding a phone. So. Yeah. Um, so there are, like, when I say that there are a lot of different types of LARP, like, let me, let me mm. confuse you right now. Um, as someone who... Has, a has a degree. Yeah, I just I study <laughs> it and I also write it and I also play it. So here we go. The in, there are many, many, many countries who do LARP. Many, many, many. Brazil are they doing LARP? Yes. Mexico has a massive vampire scene. Mm -hmm. uh, Japan LARPs. We know that there are huge LARPs in Japan. Uh, Germany has massive fest LARPs in oh which you have people in real armor whacking the ever loving everything out of each other in like hand sewn <laughs> costumes. Sweden, you have folks who are doing um, high uh, detailed LARPs that delve into history. You have people in Finland who have small, uh, really dark LARPs that involve tears and crying, but also joy at the end and make you question who you are. Uh, you have uh, massive LARPs in Denmark that use orc armies a lot, which uh, can be sometimes problematic. Um, then you have 
you have Bicoline, you have, which is, that's a lot, you in, in Quebec, America. Yeah. 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 Quebec. Oh, yeah. I, yes, it's yeah. in Quebec, but I was, yeah. I'm in the middle of the sentence. Sorry. So I'm sorry. So the <laughs> sentence would be, in America, you have uh, yes. Southern California, Bavrilart, which is a little different because it has what you would deem uh, serious plot lines with lighter rules mechanics. Um, they do that in uh, the American South as well. You have intercon larts, which are completely different and involve multiple character sheets in massive packets. Like, there's so many different mm. types of LARPs that you can do that it's almost ridiculous to say. Oh, and then there's the big blockbuster. We're, we're in an underground cavern, and now oh. we are on Battlestar Galactica. But we can't say Battlestar Galactica because we will be sued. We say Monitor um, Celestra. Yes, instead. it is Monitor Celestra. Uh, <laughs> We or Golden Cobra. Golden Cobra. Oh yeah, and then you have Golden Cobras. You have two hundred word larps. You have person. You have personal larps that you. Well, there's so many that is impossible to say things like, "I don't like larping." Sure. I mean, you could not like larping, and that is valid for you. However, there's no one style like there's no hundred there's there's, there's 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 hundreds of styles <laughs> yeah. of larping and there are larps we haven't even discovered yet because we have not made contacts within those communities to do so um my, there, yeah there could be larps in africa, africa. we know yeah. that there are yeah. larps in africa there's a massive palestinian larp yeah. organization oh, yeah. um there are they're 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 huge larp is in so many different places around the world and it and so many different types right here in Toronto, right here. Like you, you just have a lot. In, in Toronto, um, we don't even know about LARPs in Toronto, um, and that's one thing about the North American scene that's kind of frustrating mm -hmm. is is the communities are very separate and siloed from one another. So, uh, say for example, Xenox uh, doesn't call itself a LARP. No, um, but it is kind of a LARP it's a it's a space bar that happens once every like four months uh, three four months or something like that and yeah it's the same characters they get handed out to different people every time it's like playing the restaurant at the end of the universe yeah it's playing the restaurant at the end of the universe basically uh there's a firefly type ship that is crewed by women I was on it there's a whole bunch of different factions that show up yeah. and and it, they play at uh, at a bar that's uh, uh, basically a space bar in town yeah. Yeah. and um, they don't call it a LARP I didn't know what was happening it's been happening for years I didn't know it was happening till like two years ago I had zero idea they were doing it there are there are other LARPs that I hear come up I'm like there's a LARP yeah who's right <laughs> how where in this vein how do you think you a person could find the LARP for them. What what helps people look for LARPs that you think they may enjoy or the styles of LARPs? Or, I, think, a good way? I think doing tasters I, I think that not all LARPs by any stretch are represented at cons, but mm -hmm. more and more there are selections of different there's a wide variety of different kinds of LARPs that happen at a con level, which makes it very, usually those are built specifically for newcomers to play or people who haven't had a lot of experience. And you can do 
LARP tasting, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to play a, a crying LARP for a little while mm -hmm. and see if I like that, or I'm going to play a con boffer LARP and see if I like that. I'm going to play a two-hour I'm a Rocks game and, mm -hmm. and see if I like that, see what hits me, and then start, usually people who are running those games uh, can say, when you say at the end of it, I liked it, this is a LARP for me, what other games are like this? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really easy to start finding the veins and mm -hmm. mining them. Um, I think that's a great way to start. Yeah, larger cons, there are even like, um, the groups even have them like, um, um, Minds Eye Society will have mm -hmm. a game or something like that so other people can get together and play, so. Mm -hmm. um, I think also like if you, if you search for LARPs in your area and you're looking at the websites, uh, take a look at what they're saying and, and how they do things. Um, yeah. I know I look a lot at pictures and I know a lot of women do and a lot of people of color also look at pictures and say, um, okay, who's in these pictures? Um, how do they look? If it's like sexy women in the pictures and guys hanging out, I'm like, okay, I don't know about this thing. If there's only white people in the pictures, and a lot of my friends who are black or indigenous or people of color are like, I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm feeling comfortable or welcome at this LARP. This is true. Um, if I know if there's nothing about safety um, on the webpage, if it doesn't say anything about we kick people out if they're sexist or racist or um, you know harassing people, I'm not very interested. So the, those are some ways I think. Uh, if like look for things that are important to you, I find those things are important to me anyway. I would also say just be vocal about what you want, because trying to do this alone, even those of us on the panel who work on this constantly, are constantly networking with various people mm -hmm. in all sorts of different communities. There's a reason why we're doing that because there's so much to shuffle through and because communication is something we're all still yeah. working on. Yeah. Don't try to do this alone. Uh, find ways, like, don't even worry about trying to find the right people yourself. Work with people to find the people to talk to yeah. because in the end, we all want to play games and mm -hmm. we want to play together mm -hmm. or for you to find the right fit game for mm -hmm. you. So you'll have support in your work. It just might take a little bit of elbow grease early on. Yeah. Um, my big suggestion is that if a LARP has a website, when you're looking at it, uh, see if they have a design document um, that tells, or a playbook or anything that tells you like their core beliefs. Um, and don't feel bad about looking up the people who are playing this LARP and asking around because it's important to vet the folks who are making a LARP. If you find out that this is a problematic company or the people who are playing this LARP have been known to be uh, abusers, like that is something that you really do need to check on because people um, often will just not know and then they end up in some weird situations also um, LARPs generally will tell you what their themes are and if those themes make you uncomfortable you do not have to play that LARP just because someone told you oh this is cool come on you should try it anyway it, it feels like it's pushing your boundaries in a negative way in a way that makes you intensely uncomfortable you don't have to go mm -hmm. and it's you should feel empowered to say that you don't have to go yeah um, not every LARP is for every person, 
and it's important that you find something that makes you feel like you are valued when you play. Um, so I'm going, yes. Okay, one more thing. Yes. If you're looking to find LARPs to see what to engage with without actually just jumping in head mm -hmm. first, there is a growing amount of LARP publishing happening, both yeah. in the kind of indie scene or for like in books, but also there's a wide variety of online resources. The Golden Cobra releases hundreds of games in a year mm -hmm. that are usually made for very quick entry, and all of it's available online for free. Alexandria DK does the festival community. Mm -hmm. All of their games go online, and there's a growing amount of resources. I think there's an Intercon one that does yep. similar mm -hmm. things. So you can just jump onto the internet, search for online LARP, LARP archives, and read about games that you've seen, and say, oh, this game looks like something, find something you're jazzed about, mm -hmm. and uh, and then ask about those communities. Yeah, huh. I think Golden Cobra is a great resource to just check out yep. some, some cool LARPs, because a lot of them also have, um, there are design specifications for a lot of the years, and some of them are like to be played in public or to be played with a certain number of people. And so um, you can find really, like most said, really low barrier to entry. Yeah. You know what you're getting into. All right, so let's open ourselves up for some questions. I'm going to keep stack, which means I'm going to remember who you are. And uh, marginalized voices tend to get uh, ahead of the line because we don't often hear people speak at cons. Folks, give us your questions. We will take them as much as you like. Think. This is what I used to tell my preschool class. Put on your thinking caps. <laughs> turn the volume up to 11. Take a deep breath in and out. And then imagination blast off. <laughs> it worked for three-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Um, my friend. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so I heard some people the, uh, on the panel talk about having a bit of an improv experience and kind of and also some of the definitions that were put out seem to me could just be the definition of improv too so I'm kind of curious about the way that LARPs and improvs either are common or different and what your thoughts are on that I think there's a lot of crossover honestly mm -hmm. Some communities actually stem from that interrelationship. For example, in uh, D.C., Washington, D.C., um, the play culture that is centered around there is heavily, heavily influenced by improv. Um, in Seattle, there are specific improv mnemonics and rituals that they have mm -hmm. in order to communicate how they're building up the world. Mm -hmm. So. Yes, there is very heavy influence there. Um, at least for me, one of the bigger differences between improv and LARPing is if there is an audience or not. Mm -hmm. um, because in, I'm from LA, that's the improv scene I know most, and that tends to be pretty heavily audience influenced, but they are still passive actors in the inter improv interaction. And with LARPing, again, it's about equal voices. So people are influencing you, but then you throw the ball back at them and influence directly what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we, we, we started with the improv soap. Um, and how we did that was, was we would have one rehearsal a week where we did improv scenes between the characters. And then uh, the director would make uh, 
a playlist. A playlist, basically, out of that, a list of scenes. And uh, we would see them the night of and, and play those out. And um, the main difference, yeah, basically between us LARPing and us mm-hmm. doing a play was we had an audience and uh, we did those scenes beforehand. So if once a scene was picked, we had some idea of how it was going to go. But even in some LARPs, um, some of the traditions Mo was talking about, some of the ones that come from kind of Danish and Jeep form and and other traditions is you can um, replay scenes Mm -hmm. in those LARPs. So um, it doesn't happen a lot if you're working with a short time, but uh, there will be LARPs that have mechanics where you will play a scene one way and the director or the facilitator will say, um, do stop, now play it from Nicole's point of view. Play it from Nicole's point of view. Stop, play it uh, where you're not angry with each other but you're sad because you're having this argument. Stop, play it 20% more or 100% more, get angrier. Yeah, and so um, that's, that's sort of a mechanic to uh, explore the characters mm-hmm. and the relationship and how the scene is affecting them mm-hmm. and it's pretty interesting um, but that's sort of an improv tradition too because mm-hmm. they would do that as well so. there's also um, so what's funny is that uh, Southern California has a show called Dungeon Master which I did for seven years and has been running for 30 years oh wow um, and it is basically folks going on a D&D adventure. The audi- we bring people out of the audience and we take them on a live D&D adventure in front of the audience. Um, that is as close for me that improv got to LARPing because the audience was connected with the story and could impact it and change it. Um, but because there were so many of the audience who were still not invited into the space of play, that is how I drew the line between improv and LARP. Because as y'all were saying about um, the Jeep form techniques that involve replay, which you would do in an improv setting, there's also yes and, which mm-hmm. is like a super core tenet of LARP. Mm-hmm. Instead of shutting it de- like shutting you down if you say, um, but we've been friends for this long, instead of me going, no we haven't, I don't like you, right, in this particular moment, um, I may say, Yes, but we did have that falling out last year. And then you go, yes, and it was over this. That is also in improv that's in LARP. I also think that, that there's a, a kind of a funny divide in people's minds about improv that mm-hmm. people find it very intimidating because they think about improv as a, they think about improv in relation to LARP the way they think of people up on a stage being vulnerable in front of big audiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, a lot of role players, uh, even tabletop role players who never get on their feet, really undervalue their improv experience, mm-hmm. right? We are uh, dynamically working yeah. in this very complex mind frame to, to create, to be in the lens of a character, create a world, act things, create a shared space, all at the same time, which are all core yeah, uh, improv experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I like LARP because they often provide mechanisms and techniques that more directly allows the culture of practice around mm-hmm. improv yeah. to empower a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that people should try and erase that divide just a little and t- start to say, you know, when I played D&D at seven, I was improving a bit. And when I, you know, went to Tony and Tina's wedding or the material yes. <laughs> that I was improving a bit. And it's not that far of a jump. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and so it shouldn't be intimidating either. We do it all the time. Yeah. There's actually an yeah. Improv for Gamers book. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Karen, uh, Karen Twelves has yeah. written an Improv for Gamers book. Yeah, I've been um, meaning to look, take a look at it. And there's the old Impro has uh, a bunch of, like the old oh, RPG yeah. text has some of that stuff as well, yeah. Yeah, we, there's so many resources. You just, you just have to search for them. Is there another question we can answer? Yes. So looking at a different sort of, you looked at the sort of line between LARP and improv, looking at the line between LARP and tabletop, um, I've got a fantastic tabletop group that gets really into heavy RP at the table mm -hmm. that I think would be ripe for a LARP, but not, I don't think any of us have ever really LARPed seriously before. What are some LARPs that sort of help, like, it would be a nice gentle ease in from sort of a tabletop type style of play into, a, into more of a LARP? Question. Yes. What kind of game do you play typically? What stories do you like to tell um, as a group? We play a lot of different things. Um, we've done sci-fi, we've done fantasy. It tends to be genre-ish, mm -hmm. um, but we have actually played in a number of different systems, and I found that regardless of the system, people are getting really into their characters and wanting to get into that sort of storytelling character and connection. Yeah, that sounds like you guys really need to be LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the, like, the step into LARPing is like one step. Like, you can do, I, I would suggest your first gateway is, at your next tabletop game, say, can we stand up and play this? Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Half of my tabletop games have just suddenly become LARPs in the middle of things because you're so into the character in the moment, and you're like, oh, I want to see this flirt or this fight or this discussion happening with two people sitting at a table, right? Um, uh, so there's that. There's a lot of the the freeform uh, bespoke, bespoke games are often called semi-live games, like uh, Lumberjills uh, last night has. We talk about the scene we're going to set up. We go play that scene, and so it's not like the continuous from beginning to end. We've got to be in character the whole time. It's it uses they use a lot of mechanics. Um, uh, they use a lot of mechanics that are used in a lot of indie role-playing games. Mm -hmm. uh, another one in the Warbirds, uh, that, uh, another one of my games that would is a kind of a gateway uh, is called Model Protectorates, which uses uh, very tabletop story gamesy uh, mechanics to build the story, and then you get up and do a live scene, and then you sit mm -hmm. down and do a uh, that kind of thing. Another gateway drug for a LARP would be a LARP called the Forgotten which is based off this war of mine, and it's card-based, so you don't have to do a lot of negotiation, but you could sit, play it equally, sitting mm -hmm. at a table using the cards, or getting up and playing it. I yeah. like Starcrossed. Oh yeah, um, Starcrossed. So yeah. Starcrossed is brand spanking new. Um, Alex Roberts, Shout uh, out to Alex Roberts wrote this amazing game using like the dread mechanics where you have the Jenga Tower of Terror, but it's two people who should not be in a relationship at all. And when the tower goes down, they have done the thing they should not have done. And it can be serious. It can be funny. It could be anything you want to... Yes, it could also be that. It could be, um, it could be anything you like it to be. Uh, and you can all play in turns. And sometimes that helps you become far more comfortable with each other. Um, I like Association for uh, Fairy Tale Creatures. Oh, yeah. Even though it requires a lot of people, I'd say that's the only downside, but it's such a good one because you can sit at a dinner table with a bunch of people and play it. Uh, and for reference, it's in a book called uh, LARPs from the Factory. And the, all the LARPs from the Factory books are good. Yeah. And, it, and it's all online, too. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a good one because it's all fairy tale creatures that you know. <laughs> 
Uh, it's Peter Pan. It's the Wicked Stepsister. Essentially it's, having a union meeting. Yeah. A union meeting. Yeah. It is. It it's hilarious. It's a lot of fun. Last question. Shoot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if somebody going to their first LARP, your one sort of quick piece of advice for having a good time. Okay. Um, what kind? Hold on one real quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just LARP in general, right? Because yeah. I think we can give you some generalized hints. So, in order to wrap up, because we, I know some folks have to go to a game. Um, if we could think about that really quickly, what kind of good tip we can give, and then uh, we'll let these folks know where they can find us, um, and then we'll wrap it. We'll put a little bow on you. Yep. Any order you like. Do the tip. Um, uh, uh, starting your first lap could be intimidating, but I have never ever seen the advice fail. Other people really like to be focused on. So if you don't know what you're doing in a LARP, find something really interesting in somebody else, and they will invest in you, and you will find a place in that game. Drive your character like a stolen car. Yes. 100%. Just, just, just put her to the floor and go. Do not be afraid. Just, just do it. No one will ever regret playing with you if you go for it. Just go for it. I mean, that was that was pretty much both of those in one. <laughs> my advice, um, because uh, I I think sort of slightly parallel, uh, not to be negative. So take this in the positive version. The worst thing you can do is say that I can't do this or I am bad at this. No one is bad at it. Yeah. yeah. No. You. You are doing something new, so trust the people to support you. Um, my number one advice for going to your LARP, your first LARP ever, is don't be afraid to say, no, no, I don't want to do this. This makes me uncomfortable. No, I do not want to play this. This does not make me feel good. Do not, if these people are not going to support you mm -hmm. and your boundaries, then these are not people you want to play with. And I feel like a lot of us are so yearning for community that sometimes we feel that we, we play games that we regret, we get ourselves into situations that we regret, and you do not have to be there if you do not want to. This should make you feel good. It should not make you feel this like a bad. And I think that is something everyone should know about. In, on the flip side, say yes to things that you you're not, you don't feel bad about, but you've never done, just say yes. See what happens. Because it, it's probably going to be amazing and you're going to tell weird stories for like eight years and you're going to make really yeah. good friends and you're going to make really cool experiences happen. Um, but don't be afraid to say yes. Yes and. Like that will make you feel so good. Um, I'm Jonea. You can find me. Uh, on Twitter at Violet Riot Games. I am Ann Ratchet. I am Mingua on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> um, under slash M N G W A under slash. Uh, I'm Nicole Winchester. I'm at Noise Angel N O I Z Angel G E L. I also have cards. Uh, my name is Moira Turkington or Mo, and I uh, can be found online at UnruryDesigns.com. I was. I always say. Uh, 
I quote Bob Ross in LARP. There are no mistakes. There are only happy accidents. Exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, some folks have to get to panels and games. I do not. So if you have any other questions, I love talking to people. Please ask me questions. Please chat me up. I'm happy to help and or chit chat. I'll be Thank here you too. So much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Good panel. Good High five. High five. <laughs> Good job. Do I actually have yeah. to